It's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're an idiot than to open it and leave no doubt. You know, I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. What a beautiful woman. Wow. He's, AJ's doing Whoa. some things right down So if you're a youngster in Alabama, start getting the football out and throw it around the backyard with Pop. Welcome to the podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have yet another big-time guest, and it's actually the same one from last week. James Rose has returned in his glory, all his glory. James, it's good to have you back. Uh, it's Is it fair to say you're a friend of the podcast now? You're like a part of it. This three-man rush is yeah, going to be now it's five. I you're, you're, you're part of the podcast, so good to have you back, man. We've we got some picks for you. we got some other things. James has told us he has some big things he wants to talk about as well. So, so James, we'll, we'll get right into it here. Okay. Yeah, so we're we're gonna pick games real quick. Um, obviously, last time you told us you're OSU and OU fan. This yes, week you gotta. This week you gotta pick one. OSU or mm-hmm. OU are playing. Which one do you think is gonna win this week? Well, since OU lost last week, uh, <laughs> and I'm 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 going to Bowen game. So I'm going Bowen game this weekend. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm. I hope uh, OU wins to see what they do because. Oh, you wins? Yes. Come on, James. Yes. Let's go, James. But 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 is it if because oh you are not the favorite of the game? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So James, you're gonna be at the game. Are are you gonna be signing autographs? You think you think people are gonna be coming up to you and recognizing you? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. So. Yeah. You, you might have, have to bring a pen. Yeah, you gotta practice your autograph, man. I need to. <laughs> Are you going to be wearing red then, I assume, for OU? Yeah, I am. I got, I got a lot of stuff, yeah. Are you, you going to wear your uh, your merch to the game? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, just in case you get on TV. Just in case you get on TV, you know. Yeah, true. true. Speaking of your merch, James, do you – is your store back in line? Do you have more stuff in stock now? Uh, not yet. I got, got, got more stuff coming out soon, like – it's coming out like fairly soon as we can. Okay. Love to hear it. As soon as possible, stores back up. Uh, okay. So then there's another game we're going to pick on here, James. USC plays U- UCLA this week. Um, who who do you want to pick there? Who who's the ranked team for that? USC. Uh, USC's ranked. USC. Uh, I'm going for USC. Both. Okay. All right. All right, Drew. You want to go through pick your pick your teams? Uh, I'm gonna pick UCLA because screw Lincoln Riley. <laughs> uh, I'm also gonna pick uh, USC with James. Oh, I, I'm I'm picking USC as well. UCLA is not gonna win this one, especially after losing to Arizona. Yeah. yeah. I I I'm I'm gonna agree with Cal there. I I have no faith in UCLA anymore, man. Sorry. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. Right. Although we we do want to give a, a special shout out to the other Bruins, 
Are you, James, are you going to be watching the, the Bartlesville Bruins take on Stillwater? Uh, I, I, I will watch that. I see who, who uh, does this be a good game? I hope Bartles will beat Stillwater this time. Yeah, that would be oh, crazy, yeah. huh? Yeah. yeah. Last week, uh, last week on the TikTok, you said, locked in, uh, what happened? <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> that was awesome. Uh, yeah, hopefully, like, hopefully we get a still water. What happened? Yeah, I, I hope, I hope they, hope they win. Yeah. Okay. So the next game we're going to pick is Utah and Oregon. Um, who do you got in that one? I got Oregon. Oh. Oh Solid yeah! Pick. Solid bounce pick. back, bounce back for the Ducks. That's what James is saying. I'm picking the Oregon Ducks as well. I'm gonna go with Oregon as well. For for the graphic, I'll go Utah. I'm going <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay, so James, you uh, you picked TCU last week. TCU won last week. Do you think they're gonna do it again? Yep, I'm gonna put TCU again. Okay, back to back TCU wins is what James is predicting. Um, I'm also going to pick TCU. Tom, Cal, Drew, who you got? Who are they playing? Baylor. Yeah, I got TCU. Yeah, TCU. It's it's too good to be true. Baylor on top by two scores. Oh, oh. what a pick! What a pick! The oh. upset. Okay, James, I got to get your I got to get your opinion. How do you feel about the Michigan Wolverines? Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. Are they good? Yeah, they're good. They're good. But what do you like them? They wear that. They're like navy and yellow. I think so. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you are you going to pick Michigan or Illinois this week? If Michigan's the favorite, uh, I'm going to Michigan is my favorite. Okay. All right, James picked Michigan. I'm also going to pick Michigan. Who do you guys got in the Michigan Illinois game? I got Michigan by about four scores. Yeah, they're going to boat race them. All right, Michigan. Okay, we all we all picked the, the Wolverines. Um, yeah, so that'll be our that'll be our college picks. Um, we'll talk NFL in a minute, but I think Calvin has a question for you, James. James, yes. so we we know you're big on TikTok, and we know you got a lot of a lot of followers. But for you personally, who's your favorite person that you follow on TikTok, and why is it Three Man Rush uh, Fast Break or Three Man Rush Podcast? <laughs> well, because I love Midwest because I'm trying to get more people involved with the talk and. Whole bunch of stuff. I want to get Bobu stuff. Okay. But if you, but James, if the people that you like see on your for you page, who's your favorite person you see? Um, I see my favorite guy is Weepin. He he he's a good <laughs> TikToker. Yes. Shout out <laughs> We Hoopin. Shout out to We Hoopin. Uh, okay, that's a that's a good one, James. I I can appreciate that. Um, we've got another question for you here. Um, the people want to know. Who's your favorite or, or who's the best team in the NFC East right now? You saw the Eagles lost last week out of the Cowboys, the Commanders, the Eagles, and the Giants. Who's the best team? I'm going for Cowboys. Oh, come on, James. James, stand up. Come on, Dallas Cowboys, baby. Let's yep. go. Yep, I'm going, I'm going for NFL. Yeah. And uh, and and do you know who Odell Beckham Jr. is? Yeah, I know him. So he's a free agent right now. So he's not on a team. Who would you want him to sign with? Like, what team do you want to see him play for? Um, Chiefs. Really? It's oh. actually okay. like a good pick. That would be a really yeah, good fit. Go. I think I think he would be good on the Chiefs. Hopefully, he's I would, a Buffalo I would fan. Hate it. 
I would hopefully he's a Buffalo Bill. <laughs> James, you don't want Odell on the Cowboys? Yes, I want Odell on Cowboys. <laughs> See. What about the, what about the Buffalo Bills? How about Odell and the Bills? Oh, I, I never saw who they do, so. Yeah. Hey, guys, I have a good question. How about the Vikings 801 now? Okay. Oh, the it's Vikings crazy, are awesome. It? They're yeah, over really good. They're good. Do you like uh do you like Justin Jefferson, James? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. Okay, James. So we got some NFL games for you to pick. Okay. All right. So since I'll I'll just start off with the best game of of the of the weekend, to say the least. Uh Cowboys Vikings. I think we know who you're gonna pick. Cowboys. Oh yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. What about the Rams and the Saints? Ooh. Uh I'm going for the Saints because the any Dalton deal. Oh yeah. We love hey, Dalton fan. Ex Dallas Cowboy quarterback. There we go. Um, so Sunday night football, we have the Chiefs and Chargers. Chiefs. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh they yeah, right. uh, Chargers lost last week. They did. It's true. It's true. All right. Who do you, who do you got between the Bills and the Browns? The Bills and the Browns. Yeah. Uh, I might uh, I might go for the Bears. Bears. The Browns. Oh yeah. Oh, the Browns. <laughs> That's a tough hey, one. Oh. Do you not like yeah. the Bills, James? I do because Charles Allen's injured his his phone. Yeah. yeah, he did injure some. That's true. Uh, so, um, but so you don't like Josh Allen? I do, but like right now, right now they're losing by one point, losing their records. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, so James, Monday Night Football, uh, we got Forty ers and Cardinals. Who you got? Ooh, I got Cardinals. Cardinals. There we Ooh, go. The upset. The upset. Do you like uh? Do you like Kyler Murray, James? Yes, he's the the OU quarterback. Yep. Uh, okay. So then, for the final pick, I think this might be the hardest one out of all of them because who knows what's going to happen in this game? But we got the Titans and the Packers. Oh ho ho! That'd be a good game. I'm going for the Titans to win as my favorite team to win. Gotcha. There we go. That, that's all Fair of enough. our NFL picks, buddy. Thanks. Hey, you went, you went, you went, uh, I think four and one last week with your picks in college. So pretty good, pretty good picks last week. Um, you did better than all of us, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so I want to ask you, James, out of all the players in the NFL, who's your favorite to watch? My favorite to watch. Yeah. I want to see Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Garcia. I like the Cowboys, the Prescott, and see the Lamb. Both. Okay. Oh yeah, those are good. Those are all. Those are all good choices. Uh, is there anybody on the on the? It's not on the Chiefs or the Cowboys that you love to watch. Uh, I love to watch the Giants to win because oh. I want mm. them go to the playoffs in, in the wild card week. I hope they win. So far, that's a good pick. Go. That's a good pick. Um, yes. Uh, did you watch the YouTube on the the NFL game picks uh, for the favorites? Yeah. I did. I did watch that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love the picks. So, yeah. There you go. 
Um, so, so James, we wanted to ask you though. Um, obviously, you said you love Wee Hoopin. Is there any other? Is there any other accounts on TikTok that you that you love to follow and see on your for you page? Uh, I, I, like, I like all of them. I like all of the TikTok peoples. Okay, all of yeah. them. The man, the man has many, many loves. He has many loves. Uh, is there anything else, buddy, that you wanted to talk to us about or have uh, bring up? Uh, I think that's it, guys. Thanks for thanks for calling me. Yeah, yeah, we're pumped to have you on again, James. Uh, reoccurring guest, member of the pod, uh, James Droz. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and, and making some picks. We'll see if he goes uh, five for five again. Uh, I think he went four for five last week, so he can only go get to get to go up by making all of his picks correct. Thanks, James. Hey, hey James, before you leave, can we get a, a three-man rush? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> so, for me, rush. What happened? Uh... <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna clip it and put it in the intro for our podcast so you can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds good, man. We're we're pumped. Yeah. Thanks, see man. you guys. See you, James. See ya. Bye. So we appreciate James coming on. We're going to have two later interviews, kind of preview Bedlam. Uh, you know, we have a lot of OSU know you followers, um, listeners. And so I wanted to get that game, um, you know, really accentuated as it might be one of the last ones. So we had Tattoo Baker and Colby Powell on. And those interviews will be after this. But wanted to kind of update our week with some fumble or gift baskets. Um, who wants to take take uh, the mic here with uh, their, their topic? I got one. Um, I was scrolling through TMZ. And apparently Mariah Carey lost the title of the Christmas queen. I'm not sure what she did, but someone, apparently someone took over. It's a tough uh, break for her. Named, a woman named Darlene Love. I can tell you, new Christmas queen. Darlene Love is not the new Christmas queen. Well, tell that TMZ. I don't care what TMZ says. The, hey, real, Chris, the real Christmas queen is Mary, you know. Amen. Carrie Underwood. She has the best Christmas song of all time. What's that one? Oh, Holy Night. So, <laughs> Carrie Underwood didn't write that. I know, but she seems the best. <laughs> I guess. Um, that's like somebody saying that, you know, National Anthem is my favorite song. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what my favorite Christmas song is? Is uh, George Strait. And he's like uh, the Christmas cookies song. I don't know why, but it's it's just it, it hits different. There's a there's a couple good ones. I got Oh Holy Nights number one. Okay. You ever, you ever heard a you ever heard of Christmas Cannon? Uh, is that the dun 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 dun? dun? That no. song. What's the no. Christmas Cannon then? Hold on, let me uh let me play it real quick. <laughs> We're gonna get copyrighted though. Oh no, we can't play that, Drew. <laughs> well, sing it for us, buddy. Well, there's not really sing many it. words in it. There's sing not it, really Drew. words in it. Well, then how does it go? Sing oh, the I beat. Know. I just gotta listen to the beat. Are you sure it's not the? Is that that song? I promise you, it's not that one. Well, then what is it? If I, I, you think they're gonna copyright us? Okay, play it out yes. loud. Play it. I don't care. Just play it out loud. It doesn't All matter. All right, play it. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Let me pull it up. We're not gonna make our point two cents on this video. Yeah, we're not. The creator fund is not gonna give us any money for this one, but I don't care. Are you going to play it? There you go. You know this one? 
Listeners, wait turn for... down your radio. It's, it's so loud. Wait for the chorus. Oh, I know what song that is. It's beautiful. I thought this was like <laughs> the, the the wedding song. No. Are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Oh, never mind. Missed Nets beat. It's the Nets beat. Don't you worry. <laughs> Hopefully, it don't get copyrighted. That'd be tough. That's fine. Hey, at Triberian what? Trans Siberian Orchestra. This one. You've okay. heard this song. It's number two on the list. Number two on the list. I've, I've never heard that song before. You never heard? Oh, you live under a rock. No, I mean, I'm not living under a rock. I just never heard of that that song before. Hey, you know oh. what? I'm going to say I'm going to say something here and I have a hot take here. Uh Little Saint Nick banging Christmas song. What's that one? How's that one go? I don't okay, know song's let name. Me, let, let me play it for you. <laughs> okay, okay. Play it. Uh you know what my favorite one though other than the George Strait one is like uh rocking around Christmas Oh, That's yeah, like... I just watched Home Alone yesterday. What? They got that song in there. Why they got that song in there. Why did you it was watch on TV. that? Oh, okay. It was on TV. I was say, if you just paused in the middle of November and were watching Home Alone in the middle of the day. Hey, what's your what's your favorite this Christmas one. movie? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I like that one. Tom, what we can't hear jingle... it, but it's going well. <laughs> what about the Jingle Bell Rock? Yeah, that's a great one, too. Hey, what's your, what's your favorite You know what song movie? I'm talking about? Tom, we didn't hear a word like a word of that song, but yeah, yeah. we know which one we were talking about. <laughs> All right. Um, no, my favorite Christmas movie is like got to be Christmas Vacation. That one's up Christmas there. Christmas Vacation per- is elite. Personally, this one's gonna make Tom angry, but Polar Express is number one. Oh my, oh my god. god! No, Polar it's Express, not. Man. Polar, yes, it is. Polar Express is not that good. Oh, it's incredible. Thank, thank you, Polar Express. Fucking sucks. You can write my name down. I hate it. Well, I hope you get canceled because of that. It's one of the greatest movies ever. Cancel me. If if that's the reason I go down, I'm glad. I like Die Hard. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Well, if you consider that, well, then Paul Blart Mall Cop's a Christmas movie then. Yeah, it it is. is. It is. (laughs) However, have y'all seen Four Christmases? What's that? It's like the it's the couple. I don't remember who the actors are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix. But like each family is divorced, and they have to go to four different Christmases. It is. It's funny. What about uh? What about Christmas with the Cranks? I don't know if I've ever seen that movie before. What movie? No, I definitely seen. I've definitely seen. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Hey, also some underrated ones. It's not movies, but any new girl Christmas episode. I was I was I was just about to bring that up. Hey Jake, I'm about to make your day. Guess who just started watching New Girl? You you just started watching New Girl? I and it is amazing. It's my oh, it, dude. It's my favorite all time show. The same. Hey, it, I just it the... seems girly, but until you like watch the first episode, and you're like, dude, this isn't girly at all. Like, oh, dude, I <laughs> no, I have awesome. I have figured out that Drew Garrett is shot for shot Winston, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean unbelievably similar to winston you know what you know what the best uh, line in that movie of all time is um winston winston finds out that he's colorblind so he was wearing some green shoes and he said yeah i really like these brown shoes i'm wearing and then schmidt comes in and says Winston, if you think those shoes are brown what color do you think you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that shows like I, I would give that show 10 out of 10 in the office 9 out of 10 oh yeah i could do this all day all day 
All day, so. Uh, yeah, no, Nick, Nick Miller's got to be my favorite, my favorite, uh, like literal, like character of any show. Like, uh, he, I agree. He's, he's my favorite he's TV a, character of all time. He's, he's a road never, dog. He's, he's a never, road dog. Yep. I've never, ever, ever watched a show where I enjoyed every main character. That's a good point, Tom. I, I there was times I like wasn't a big fan of uh, CC, but yeah, I like CC. Yeah, eventually I came to like her, but at the beginning of the show, they like portrayed her in a bad way. It kind of it kind of sucks that that coach comes back and leaves mid season. I love well, coach. you know, dude, his girlfriend was smoking hot, Nay or whatever oh, yeah. her name was. She do you was like do you hot. like his uh? Do you remember his email name? Coach coach's email name? Yeah. No, what was it? Me so Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to get back and watch that show. I've I've rewatched it like two or three times, uh, but I haven't watched it recently, so I don't remember any of the lines right now. Oh, I've started watching it again. I'm trying to watch Modern Family. Oh, that show's awesome too. Yeah, I used to watch love, that with my with my family every week. I hey, love Phil. Did y'all? Okay, it's it's a weird show, and I don't know. I don't expect y'all to watch it, but have did y'all either ever watch the league? It was like about oh, a fantasy. the fantasy football. Yeah, did you yeah, watch? Yeah, I, watched no, I used to watch it. watched it. That was really good. Well, you know why they yeah, ended? I, why? Why? Uh, let me let me look it up. I if I could be wrong, so I want, I want to make sure. I'm telling you, that was one of my favorite shows at one point. Well, do you remember that song that that guy made? Show me your genitals. Uh, from that show, yeah, yeah. And we is. we got we got pulled over one time, and. The cop asked us to start the car again, so we started the car, and then "Show Me Your Genitals" started playing oh, right to the cop. Yeah, no, we parked the car, and then um, for I think we were getting gas or something. I don't yeah, remember. We were getting gas, so we turned the car off, and then the cop walked up to the side of the car, and for some reason, we started the car, and then immediately the the song came on like blaringly loud, "Show Me Your Genitals," right to the cop that had pulled us over. Um, so he he had literally I can't I can't remember what he said. He was like, um. How many people are in this car? And then went, show me your genitals. <laughs> hilarious. Uh, no, uh, the league though, I'm pretty sure it ended because somebody, somebody had a baby with somebody else's girlfriend. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh yikes! Or uh, is it Andre? Wasn't Andre in that show? I have. I don't remember any of the people's names. Well, I can I, I I can only remember one of them, but I'm pretty sure that Andre, it was uh, not his kid, and somebody else, you know whatever he cheated on his his girlfriend one of them or whatever but, i remember yeah. uh nick kroll was in the show i like nick kroll yeah He's funny yeah yeah he was funny um okay so i i got a fumble here special fumble for mr Cade cunningham uh a couple nba fumbles uh, he put his whole signing bonus into block five bitcoin and now that company is going bankrupt tough break um people people that are putting their signing bonuses in something that's not currency or like you know, not U.S. dollars seems kind of stupid. Like, um, put in Odell, Odell, his contract. He now had basically had to pay the Los Angeles uh, Rams because to play because of what? Because it was in because his his entire contract was in Bitcoin, and it is now so far like inflated and stuff that it is now it costs more for Odell than for him receiving it. Um, whenever I, uh, you know, sign a million dollar contract in the NFL, I'm going to get my contract in dog treats. <laughs> so I keep that dog in me. You got to keep that dog. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. Like 
I mean, I get, I get getting it in Bitcoin. It worked out for a couple athletes, but if you get it in a specific company, like the BlockFi one, like you're like, they, they're like FX went or went in, uh, in bankrupt as well. Like it's just not, I don't know, not that's causing fun. some huge problems right now for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but. so definitely on the, um, on the down, on the downslide is just Bitcoin in general. I mean, I'm sure it'll come back up or something. I don't know. Um, uh, I have a fumble. Yeah, go ahead. Jake, you're gonna be angry. When we're talking about the Eagles. We are. And you can say the Cowboys lost. I don't care. I, I got to watch you lose and it made me happy. Um if you if, if for all the folks that didn't watch the game, the Monday night football game between the Eagles and the Commander, the Commanders, um Taylor Heineke had nowhere to go, and there was about four Eagles guys coming for him. And he just fainted and just fell on the ground. And then the Eagles really, really smart defensive lineman decided to hit him on the ground, which is a penalty, which eventually led to the commanders defeating the Eagles. Um, no longer undefeated. Wish I felt bad. Don't. Uh, so I, we talked about this at length in, in text group that I'm in, but uh, so <laughs> I saw a tweet that was basically like, this is like the Madden game that you play. You're like playing a, you know, simulated game in a season and, and Madden just decides for whatever reason, you're not winning this game. Like it, it doesn't matter what you do. You're just not winning this game. Like the, the Dallas Goddard getting his face ripped off, then fumbling the football and they don't call a face mask. And then Quez catches a big catch, um, gets up from catching it to try and run forward and then fumbles the ball. Um, it, it was just not our night. And then the, the Heineke play, like it was a flag. Don't get me wrong. Like it should have been called. But also like such a bitch made move to just dive on the dive on the ground and then try and flop like it's not soccer like if like you're Jake Jake if you're an NFL quarterback and you're making millions of dollars playing quarterback playing football are you gonna let those four Eagles large human beings just maul you? No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been called. I mean, he's like I'm not saying that he made the wrong choice. I just think it was like. I don't know. It's the sport of football. Like everybody's running full speed at you, and then you just take a dive on the ground and then act mad when people hit you. Like it's sport. Yeah, it's football. Um, also, I mean, it should have been called. Definitely a flag. Also, the other thing is Brandon Graham can do whatever the fuck he wants. I mean, I do not care. He won us a Super Bowl, so I mean, he could he could literally tackle me for all I care. Yeah. But I'm still on silent. I don't give a shit. You know, strips strips act. Tom Brady won us a Super Bowl, so he's allowed to do whatever. But yeah, I, that, we were not going to win that game no matter what happened. Rather, we get it out of the way now. Um, but also, hey, man, uh, the commies, the commies are like not bad. Like they're not hey. good, but they're not like hey. horrible. I fruit basket NFC or just the East teams in the NFL. Almost every single team that is in the East divisions in the NFL have made or like clinched their spot in the playoffs. We are just waiting on a Commanders win, basically, to get them in there. Yeah, you know, all four AFC team, AFC East teams have a spot in the playoffs right now, and the every, three of the NFC East teams do, and the Commanders are half a game out. Wait, so uh, who's in the, the the Patriots and the Jets both have a spot right now? The Jets are six and three. Well, but the Patriots that that surprised me. Yeah, they they have five wins, but they're in the playoffs right now. Huh. Which okay. is just the, the NFL playoffs confused me so much, but. So I want to talk about something else real quick, though. Um, our beloved Libby Dunn. An article came out. I think it was in New York Times. Honestly, I don't want to get this wrong. 
um, because I'm going to shit on them. <laughs> uh, let's see. Liddy Dunn article. Let's see who wrote that. Mm, yeah, New York Times. God, what the hell? That's like one of the most popular publications. Like, how do they come out with this stupid ass article? Anyways, this guy wrote this like woke article about how Libby Dunn is setting women back by being hot, I guess, um, which is like the dumbest argument of all time because like she's hot. I don't know. Like, how is that setting women back? She she can't change who she should she make herself yeah. uglier. Like, what? they're saying that she's they're saying she's being overly sexual. Yeah, when, is she is she really though? She's just wearing her leotard for her gymnastic yeah. stuff. So then this guy had this odd like the audacity to be like they're they're sending women back because she's good at what she does and she's hot. Um, and then this, the Stanford women's basketball coach was basically like, yeah, she's too, she's too sexual. Like what the hell? Like (laughs) you're the one that's sexualizing her. Nobody like, yeah, she's an attractive female, but she's just wearing a leotard that, that she's a gymnast. Like what the hell are we talking about? If if anybody should be, uh, getting an article written about them, it should be like the, the Wisconsin volleyball team. (laughs) Oh boy. That Wisconsin volleyball team. that That was shocking. So do you think who just who, who just goes who just goes after you win a Big Ten title and just goes strips in the locker room? You know, I've I've asked as many women as I can if that is a normal response to like a championship, and I have no one does that. <laughs> I haven't heard anyone else doing that. I mean, Dick's out for Harambe. Yeah, but can you imagine? Can you imagine Georgia last year? Yeah, that's Georgia, what I'm saying. They won the national championship, and then Stetson Bennett just whips out his penis. <laughs> Stetson, we'd like to award you with the most valuable player award. P- takes his pants down. Yeah. I mean, it, it's got to be one of the, the the most like revenue inducing things to do, though, because now everybody goes to the Wisconsin volleyball games. Oh yeah, they had like the the most uh like um capacity ever for a volleyball game or something like well, that. Well, you remember whenever Julia Rose did that at the World Series? Oh, yeah. And now that's why she's famous. And now she's married to Jake Paul. Really, the best way to get famous as a – that's not that's not true. But, like, like the best way to get famous for Wisconsin volleyball, they probably did it. Yeah. Well, there goes Thomas. But uh, Tom's gone now. So it's just me and Drew left on this, on this talk. And we're watching the Kentucky-Michigan uh, State game. Um uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else I'm supposed to say about the whole Livy Dunn thing. Yeah, it's just what it is. Yeah, bad bad take by New York Times. How about that? Yeah, bad take, freezing cold take, New York Times. Um, also, we respect women. Yeah. Um, Three Man Rush Podcast respects women. We want to empower them. That's a that's actually our slogan. Three yeah, Man Rush football. We love football and we respect women. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's exactly what our slogan is. Um, we should put that in the intro. Welcome to the Three Man Rush, where we respect women and empower. And them. talk about football. And talk, talk about and talk football. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our episode. We're going to get right into it with a couple interviews. Um, here up first is Colby Powell. We're pumped to have him on. Um, yeah, going to be a good week. Bedlam coming up this Saturday. Thanks for listening. See you. So we're excited to have on Colby Powell, uh, not only a Pistols, fi- a Pistols firing podcast, uh, but the, an editor of the Golf Channel. His Twitter is at Colby, C-O-L-B-Y-J Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L. So follow him. Does great work. And we're, we're pumped to have him on. We've had him on before. So now he's a recurring guest. 
Um, so Colby, um, how's, how's this season been as an Oklahoma state fan and, and kind of where are you at right now as we sit in, in November? This has been the most fun, uh, awful, exciting, miserable season that I can remember recently for Oklahoma state. Uh, it's been really good when it's been good. Uh, and it's been really bad when it's been bad. So there are many unknowns, I think, surrounding both of these teams and, Prior to the season, seven and three v five and five, I don't think is what most people had on the docket as we head into Norman this week. No, you're definitely you're definitely right about that. Uh, we actually had uh, we picked our conference championship games, and there was a number of us that had OSU versus OU for the first time, uh, and in Arlington this year, and obviously that was not correct. Uh, yeah, that was my pr- prediction. I said we're finally going to get yeah. it. We're going to get even OSU. Uh, vastly overrated, I think. Uh, Venables and Dylan Gabriel a little bit. I, I didn't think he was going to be Caleb Williams, but I didn't think he was going to be this, you know, I thought he was going to be a guy who could move the offense and do some things. Um, but also just overestimated Oklahoma state's depth and, and probably did not give enough credit to what OSU was losing on the defensive side of the ball. Not only do you lose Knowles, but you lose a few guys, in the NFL, namely Malcolm Rodriguez. I mean, Oklahoma state lost all their guys on the back end, Christian Holmes, um, Tanner McAllister, Colby Harvell Peel, Trey Sterling. I mean, all these guys are are gone. Jar Bernard Converse is balling out down at, at LSU. So uh probably did not give enough credit to what Oklahoma State was losing and probably overvalued a little bit some of the new guys on both the coaching staff uh and you know in the shotgun uh for Oklahoma. So so with OSU kind of going back to there, we talked about how we how we lost a lot of guys on the back end last year. Uh, with, with all the injuries this year, does this, uh, it kind of reminds me of 2009 when Dez was out for some of the season and then we had Kendall Hunter and some of the other guys out that season. What have, have you ever seen a team this injured for Oklahoma state? Cause it seems like everybody's hurt and it's like really odd, obscure injuries as well. Yeah, it, it has been tough the last month for Oklahoma state. And, you know, we were a little bit worried, uh, as Oklahoma state fans, you know, the buy came in week four. So you, you get your buy in week four. And then you rip off nine in a row in conference play against what I think is either the best or the second best conference in the country week in, week out. You've got to play good football. And Oklahoma State has just gotten beaten up. That four-game stretch, they played Texas Tech. Defense was on the field for 104 plays. And then right after that, uh, boom, it was TCU, it was Texas, it was Kansas State. And they just got physically beaten up. I, I think that they actually might be healthier against Oklahoma than they've been in a while. Uh, Spencer Sanders is going to play. Does that mean Spencer Sanders is going to be 100%? No, I don't think he's going to be anything close to 100%. Uh, so, some people I know in Stillwater were shocked that he was able to take the field Saturday against Iowa State. Said that he looked very injured last week on campus. Um, but the dude's a gamer. He's tough. So my hope is that Whoever Oklahoma State puts out there, you know, despite all the injuries, they rally around an injured Spencer Sanders uh, and everyone's able to kind of match his energy because you could feel it just in the air last week whenever he came in against Iowa State. It's like Oklahoma State was almost certainly going to lose that game. And the moment he took the field, it just felt like they were going to win. So, uh, you know, that that team respects him and they follow him. So anybody who's close enough health-wise to get on that field Saturday for Oklahoma State, I expect them to follow his lead, and I think they'll be out there. 
All right. So um, I guess my next question is, <clears throat> what's your favorite bedlam memory? Because personally, my oh. favorite bedlam memory is uh, Jalen Saunders in the back of the end zone in 2013. That's just me, though. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were talking about the 13 game last night. I, I had a friend down from Colorado this weekend who went to that game with me in 2013. And, and this Iowa State game was the first game he'd been to since. Every time he comes <laughs> down, uh, he's down here in November and he gets to freeze in the stadium. My favorite bedlam memory um, – 16-13 when I was a kid was cool. Rashawn Woods in the corner of the end zone, but I wasn't at that game. Uh, it'd probably be either 2011 or 2021. Um, I'm probably going to give the nod to 2011. That was uh, about two weeks after I started dating my now wife. It was the first game that we went to together. Uh, we, we, we rushed the field together for that Big 12 championship team. So the, the nostalgia for me personally surrounding that 2011 bedlam was a lot of fun. Uh, it's also kind of along with maybe 38-28, you know, there aren't too many times as Oklahoma State fans in my life born in the 90s that Oklahoma State just went out there and just boat raced OU. And in 20, 2011 was a full-on boat race. So, uh, yeah, I'll go Whedon to Blackman in 2011. Is that how you knew she was the one? Uh, I mean, it was it was kismet, right? It was perfect. You know, first <laughs> OU gets trounced, Big 12 championship, yeah. uh, most fun team probably in Oklahoma State history. Yeah, it was, it was a good start. I remember uh, in 20, 2011, 2012, Drew was distraught. It was just it was not fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so Colby, you uh, last pod we had you on, we we had you had talk about the Big Ten. Uh, I want to get your update on how the Big Ten's doing this season and where you're looking at. You know what 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 what's happened in that conference this season. So what I've decided with the Big Ten is that Ohio State and Michigan are very hard to evaluate, in the same way that I think for the majority of the college basketball season. Gonzaga is very tough to evaluate because it's tough for me to know if Gonzaga is any good when they play Pacific and San Francisco. Hey, don't hit on Pacific now. Hey, hey, I, I, we, we've got some guys there now. Hey, Pacific's fine. I love Pacific. <laughs> Oklahoma, Oklahoma State had two guys transfer to Pacific in the yeah. offseason to play basketball. But my point is, how do I know if Ohio State or Michigan are any good because they beat up on Maryland? And Illinois, who got up to as high as 16th in the country before losing two games in the Big Ten West, won this past Saturday to Purdue. Everybody in the Big Ten West seemingly is tied with three losses. Uh, you know, Nebraska could win the Big Ten West still. They're still mathematically alive. They were a 30 and a half point underdog to Michigan on Saturday and didn't cover, you know? So oh, it, it's know. just Penn State, I guess, would kind of be like the, the Mount St. Mary's or St. Mary's, whatever they're called. Um, to, to for a litmus test for Ohio State and Michigan, but that's still just like a baby test. So until they play each other, I have no idea how good either of those teams are. But I know the rest of that conference is not very good. Man, I, I tell you what, I oh, we we've had many arguments about the Big Ten West on the, or Big Ten in general on this podcast. So I, I will move on because the Big Ten seems <laughs> very very irrelevant for the majority of the conference as is. So looking back at the Iowa State game, you know. The defense looked much improved, even with a few injuries there. And then, of course, Spencer Sanders coming in and playing one of the best I've seen him play in a while. What was this a one-off for both sides, or is there is there more to this than, than what we're maybe thinking a one-off could be? Uh man, it's it's hard to say. The defense did look really good against Iowa State. Iowa State has a top ten defense, and they're four and six. So that should tell you something about Iowa State's offense, their their inability to move the ball and turn that into points. Um 
Oklahoma State played well on the defensive side of the ball. The turnovers were obviously key. Turnovers can oftentimes be random. Um, I, I don't think Oklahoma State's going to get five against OU. You know, they only had nine on the season coming into the Iowa State game, and then they turned Iowa State over five times. So the defense has made improvements, uh, but I don't expect this to be a five-turnover lockdown performance from the Oklahoma State defense. On the other side of the ball, it's the guys clearly rally around Spencer. Uh, and I think that that's one thing that Oklahoma State really has going for them is one guy who is the unequivocal leader that everyone else is ready to line up and follow. Um, I mean, I mean, I'll ask you guys who on Oklahoma's team does Oklahoma have an, an unequivocal leader of their football team that, that everybody wants to line up and follow. Cause we know who that guy is in Stillwater. Maybe, maybe OU has that guy, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Personally, I think it's probably Marvin Mims, but he's had some struggles this year. I was going to say Braden Willis, Drew. Oh, yeah, Braden Willis, yeah. He does everything for us. But um, I feel like Marvin Mims is definitely the most talented in our team. He just had a couple bad drops this year. Yeah. I think that's, I think Stutzman could be that guy, too, in a couple of years. Well, Stutzman's yeah. dumber than a box of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but my point is, I think y'all kind of proved my point. Because if you polled people about Oklahoma State and who's the leader that everybody wants to line up and follow, everybody's going to say Spencer Sanders. 100% of people, Spencer Sanders. He's the leader. He's the guy everybody's going to follow. And – that, to me, uh, I think bodes well for Oklahoma State. I, I do think the offense rallies around him. Uh, and if he plays four quarters, I, I expect him to be close to normal Spencer Sanders production level. Well, we've seen we've seen in the past, OU can't can't handle the, the running quarterbacks that can run. And, well, that's Spencer Sanders' main part of his game, basically. So, <laughs> well, I'm not expecting – I'm not expecting a good game. I, I expect OSU to blow us out. <laughs> you think a blowout? Uh, I mean, we just lost to West Virginia. It's just there's, there's no hope. There's no hope for me. I, I will say this is as down as I have heard the OU fan base in some time. And look, I get it. Five and five coming off the loss to West Virginia. Um, I I didn't know if Venables was a, a good hire or not. Truly, when when everybody asked me in the off season, I told everyone I don't know. I, I just I I wouldn't give them an answer as to whether it was a good hire because uh, he'd never been a head coach before. But I never thought that we would envision a scenario where Oklahoma fans would be, you know, questioning whether they whiffed on the hire and need to press the reset button before we got to the end of November. It it has gone uh, pretty rough down there. I, I'll say, though, isn't this kind of a chance for Venables to win back some good grace with the fan base? Oh, I 100 percent. Like like you said earlier, I think uh, you, like you guys underestimated how much you lost Talent-wise on defense, I think we underestimated how much people left from OU this offseason. I think we under overestimated how much talent left and everything. I, I think another big thing for OU, and, and I didn't give this enough respect in the offseason, I mean, a guy like Nick Benito that moves on to the NFL, he's a, he's a really good player at the next level. And where's that pass rush coming from now? So I, I think both fan bases probably on the defensive side of the ball uh, especially just overlooked a lot of the departures and we're like, ah, the other guys will figure it out. Next man up. Well, next man up's fine. But when the guy that you're replacing is starting in the NFL, I mean, it's tough to just ask a 19 or 20 year old to come in and, and replace that production. Well, I, I just think that OU fans thought we got him. We brought in Venables, who's had a top five defense in the country past 10 years. We just got to realize he's, he's got to have talent in that side of the ball to be able to produce that. So I'm like, when you put guys out there who can't, pressure the quarterback who just make mistakes over and over. You just got to give him some time, I think. Uh, 
Colby, real quick, one last question about Spencer Sanders. Uh, is he coming back next year? Boy, that is the the million dollar question, isn't it? Uh, multi million dollar question for him, depend possibly. Um, he just signed an NIL deal with Eskimo Joe's last week, which is yeah, that was interesting. I mean, <laughs> the timing, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, this is what we do as, as sports fans and, and commentators and stuff. We try to connect the dots. What are the dots on Spencer Sanders, presumably not wanting to come back and, and put his body through another year of college football? It feels like he's been at Oklahoma State for a decade now. But also, I mean, a November NIL deal with Eskimo Joes, I, I don't know. Right now, I would say I'm about 60-40 that he leaves just because he's been here so long and, you know, he's put his body through so much, all the injuries. He runs around behind a bad offensive line. He's going to get hit a bunch next year if he comes back again. Um, do I think he leaves and, and becomes a starter in the NFL? No. I think he's probably either a, a late rounder or an undrafted guy. But, I mean, we've seen guys go to the NFL that it's like, oh, yeah, that guy's not going to stick. But because he's mobile, he sticks. Tyler Huntley. I mean, right. no, nobody thought Tyler Huntley was going to be in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson goes out last year. Tyler Huntley comes in, and it's like, oh, he can move. He's mobile, so he can play. I think Spencer will probably be one of those guys uh, who's not going to light the world on fire at the next level, but he'll back up a mobile quarterback because he can move around and, and you know, he's smart and tough and can run an offense. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Right now I'd say 60-40 he leaves, but Spencer Sanders, I'm telling you, man, that dude bleeds orange through and through. So uh, wouldn't totally shock me if he was just like, you know what? I want to run it back with OSU. I'm, I'm enjoying my college experience. This is a lot of fun. Let's do it again. All right, so um, we've seen OSU win their last 14 home games. Um, we've seen sellouts across the Big 12 all season. Um, in your opinion, what, what do you think the toughest place to play is in the Big 12? Toughest place? That we were having this conversation yesterday, myself and Carson Cunningham on the Pistols firing pot. Um, Oklahoma State has has elevated itself. They won 14 in a row at home. It's It's tough to evaluate some of these teams. It's like, is Morgantown a tough place to play? Well, I don't know because West Virginia has been bad for five years. So yeah. it, it's hard to evaluate. So you, you kind of toss out the bad teams. Um, Austin's not a tough place to play. They're a bunch of T-sippers. They get beat at home all the time. Uh, Iowa State can be at times. Uh, I think Manhattan is pretty underrated. You go to Manhattan, that's a tough place to play. Uh, I think Lubbock is a little overrated. You know, everybody talks about Lubbock and Lubbock at night. Everybody wins in Lubbock, except Texas Tech. So I, I, I can't make it Lubbock. Um, OU Stadium holds a bunch of people, which gives it an advantage. But I, I don't know that they're quite as rowdy. Uh, we kind of narrowed it down to Oklahoma State and Kansas State, depending on kind of, you know, your preference, whether the paddle people or whether you're in the middle of nowhere in Manhattan. Um, those two. I think Oklahoma State has a, a longer home winning streak right now at 14. So probably lean Oklahoma State, but I think Manhattan's real close. Yeah. Um, so, also, um, there's a chance this will be the last Bedlam and Norman. So I expect this to be like a little bit rowdier than usual, I guess, but especially for Bedlam. But yeah, just it's just like the last, could be the last time we play in Norman. I think it'll be a little bit of a different crowd this time. Yeah, the, the bedlam intensity is definitely cranked up knowing that they're coming to an end for sure. It, it was the same way last year in Stillwater. Yeah, so so real quick, your keys to the game for this for this upcoming bedlam. And then also in that question, uh, what do you what do you have to say about the OU minus seven, seven and a half, depending on what site you look at for the line in this one? 
Yeah, I'll touch on the line first. It's it's not a huge surprise to me. Um, a lot of the advanced metrics and stuff still like OU. I mean, a lot of that stuff factors in talent, which is, you know, essentially recruiting rankings. So how good these guys were when they were 17. You, you know, a lot of that stuff is factored into rankings and models and things of that nature. Uh, I saw OU and a couple of the, like, advanced metric stuff are still showing as, like, the 25th, the 28th best team in the country, despite being 5-5 five and five and coming off a loss in Morgantown. So there's that stuff. Um, also, Vegas isn't creating lines for people who live within 100 miles of Oklahoma City. Vegas wants all 8 billion people on earth to bet on this game, and they want half the people on each side. Oh, the OU brand carries weight nationally. Uh, people r- regard it pretty highly. So, um, yeah, I, I think the brand, along with the fact that they need people outside the state who maybe haven't paid attention to some of OU struggles quite as much to to be on both sides of this game. Uh, and then, I'm, I'm sorry, what was your first question? I got lost uh, in that. Keys of the game. Yeah, keys of the yeah. game. Yeah, keys of the game. Uh, for Oklahoma State, I think it is you, you have to slow down Eric Gray. You cannot let OU just – run the ball over and over and over again like Kansas did two weeks ago. Devin Neal looked like Barry Sanders reincarnated two weeks ago in Lawrence. That that just can't happen. If that happens, uh, it's going to be a long day for that OSU defense. Uh, guys, I, I just – I don't think Gabriel is the guy who can – who can beat you just on his arm. Um, and I think Oklahoma State needs to force him to try to do that by slowing down the OU run game. Uh, and then for OU, it's just, man, can they get out of their way? Just stop making bad mistakes at bad times. It's like it's the situational football for OU that's getting them beat. You know, third down stuff, making silly mistakes uh, on the back end, allowing teams to convert. Uh, you know, another thing that this game could come down to between two teams uh, that are struggling a little bit. Oklahoma State has a certified NFL kicker who does not miss. OU doesn't have that. OU would have loved that guy last week in Morgantown. Nobody ever wants to talk about kickers because it's not sexy. If Tanner Brown runs out there, it's it's going between the uprights, um, and I'm very confident in that. So I know nobody wants to talk about kickers, but that's a big advantage Oklahoma State's direction as well. Yeah, shout out Veronica Brown, who liked my tweet yesterday about Tanner Brown. So good for good for the Brown family. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we got downtown Tanner Brown to yeah, shout out there. We, we, he deserves all the credit. I think he might be our best player, most most consistent for sure. Most definitely, yes. No, Tanner Brown's a rock star. Um, I actually don't know how much eligibility he has left, but I would love to watch him kick field goals in Stillwater for years. Well, hopefully, hopefully he exhausts his eligibility here. That'd be great. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Colby, and talking bedlam um, and all, all other things, kind of college football. We got we touched on the Big Ten as well, so. Um, we appreciate you. Uh, everybody follow Colby on, on Twitter at Colby J. Powell and, and, and listen to his podcast with Carson Cunningham and um, on pistols firing. Uh, we appreciate you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Talk to you yeah. next time. Yeah, take, take care. care. So we're excited to welcome on a uh, whew, infamous Twitter profile. Uh, um, <laughs> but also uh, an o- OU personality, um, loves the Sooners, and we're, we're pumped to have him on for the big game, uh, obviously in Bedlam this week, and that is Tattoo Baker. Um, you can find him on Twitter and, and on all kinds of uh, different platforms. You, you can find his stuff. So go ahead and give him a follow, and we appreciate him coming on. Um, I think we would be uh, remiss if we didn't ask you the first question. Uh, who's your favorite OU player ever, and uh, why is that Baker Mayfield? Okay, now don't get me wrong. I love Baker Mayfield, but obviously, too, like 
there's tons of like because I'm I'm an 85 kid like okay. so there's tons of like you know before him but like I remember watching Sam I remember watching Jason like Jason dude like was awesome like the Mark Clayton uh Jason White connection was really special and I really love that but also too hypo and stuff that was when I was 14 when we won it but like I definitely respected uh the the relationship that Jason White and Mark Clayton had but dude Baker like well, I was in the service and Baker was kind of like a I don't know like it just felt right when when uh, I was getting out doing doing content and stuff like he was like the fire that oh you needed and then also too that, that I needed to like help me get my stuff along so like obviously I love Baker but like like there's no disrespect to the other ones before him like I, I, I hate to just say, oh, it's Baker, you know, to be like a yeah. straight up simp, but it's just, yeah. Well, there we go. I mean, I, I don't think, I think you're, you're in the same boat of a lot of OU fans. I mean, I don't think you can really, the Baker years at OU were, were memorable to say the least, but I, I just, I miss those days, man. They're long same gone. Here, man. It feels like. Same here. And it's like clear as day, like what you see, like, Obviously, either side of the ball for OU or, or special teams or whatever, is, you know, will lack that day. And it's just crazy, like, what Baker took away, you know, from the other team, right? And then mm -hmm. it showed, like, he just showed up otherwhere, other places for OU, right? So, it's, it's just crazy to think back, like, hey, if we're not saying anything but disrespectful to Dylan Gabriel, but, like, like when Baker was on, like, dude, it was on. So... Oh, yeah. Right, so um, I got a quick question. Um, Go ahead. So I was born like the year OU won the last national championship. So that was the first season I was alive. But um, okay. since you were alive for the 90s, does this does this season remind you anything of what the 90s were like? It really reminds not like because it was really bad in 96, 97. Like I remember being at the skate rink uh, on Lindsay and just hearing the overall score of the Nebraska game. And I was like, really? Like golly like just how how bad we lost i didn't watch the game i was like 98 i was probably 10 or 11 but like it wasn't really like i was just a kid like it just wasn't like in growing up like from really knowing football from like at a age because i was 85 like six seven eight nine like we were under probation and then like we didn't want really good between gibbs and you know john blake and stuff or Schnellenberger, so it just it just felt like a lot of losing, and it wasn't like, like for me as a kid, like the norm. Like it felt like the norm, but like, and now, like, oh my god, I see everything. Like losing five games in a season isn't fun. Uh, trying to make content with a, a losing losing game doesn't isn't fun. So like Eddie said it best the other day. Like you can be far right, far left, but try to be in the middle, and you get you gonna get yelled at. So. It really does suck, but it's not, it could be way worse. Like we're not under probation. We're not, you know, there's not a scandal. There's not, you know, like it could be way worse, but I'm so happy that Brent's, you know, at the helm. We could be the university of Colorado. Sure. And, and that would, <laughs> I would, I would, I would cry yeah. in that case. Um, But I think we're going to start us off on our main questions. Um, So for this upcoming game against Bedlam, obviously not our, normal bedlam game um things are a little different this time the teams are not looking the best spencer sanders might not play we might get he's a gunner playing. Gundy. he's playing 
He's playing? Okay. Yeah, yeah he's well, playing. That's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but what are the keys for uh, – kind of the keys to the game for Bedlam? I think one being at home, obviously the home crowd, and being how cold it is, that's not really good for a quarterback's injuries. So, you know, if you're if you're going to feel anything that day, being at freezing is not going to be any fun. So if, if Spencer is hurt, you know, and we get to him, kind of limited him and really make him turn the football over because he's throwing uh throwing a ball you know obviously you're overhand so it's not natural it's just to make it hurt you know so that'd be a key to the game to get get to him and then make those injuries linger a little longer than they should you know you can't shake them off and then uh get a turnover here and there and then score you know like that was a big deal that we didn't do versus west virginia we had that interception we had a fumble and it turned into, I think, total of three points in the first half. Uh, obviously, the the what's the damn extra point? But I'm saying, like, when we got those two turnovers early, we didn't turn them into anything. So, like, if we get a turnover, definitely score on it. And then third, uh, just protect the football. You know. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. Uh, definitely, what you mentioned about turnovers that always seems to be a massive part of any football game, but especially rivalry games like Bedlam, and you know. Uh, special teams is always going to play a factor, whether it's punt returns or block kicks, whatever it is. And you saw two, two uh, muffed punts last year that impacted the game greatly. So um, wanted to ask you what your, what your personal favorite Bedlam memory is and, and what you remember most from, uh, from, from that rivalry in specific. Okay. So I was there for 16, 18, uh, 20, you know, all the ones at home for recently, but right. Like the most like the the funnest memory I was there for the Neil from P Ryan, but like one of the best plays that I saw was the DD Westbrook uh play, you know, where he makes the guy whiff. But like even just playing it back, like just like the all the sound from Spencer Tillman and um dang, I can't think of his name, the other guy. Kim Brando. Uh, yeah, Brando, <laughs> like yeah. you know, this is where he's devastating, you know, you know, all that all just going over film, combing through it, and that's what I really love. And uh but like that play right there, being being right there a part of it, like I was on the the east side and I saw the play develop and everything, so it was really cool to see that. And then obviously Baker doing the windmills and stuff was pretty slick too. So I think that was probably my my favorite memory. But like all time would probably be the the Kyler Murray game where the guy misses the field goal and then oh. like I'm in that corner section where uh, um, Trey Brown intercepts it like. Or not, not interception, but bats it down or whatever from corn dog. So that was, you know, those were slick. That was that was probably my all timer because I was right there. Like you, I couldn't miss it. I was right there. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So um, OU so far has put put together a pretty good recruiting class. We got Jackson Arnold. We got um PJ. Um, but as of recently, we've been losing a little bit of guys. We lost Vosek. Um, there's rumors swirling that we might lose Anthony Evans. I hope not though. But um, I was wondering what you think, like where your head is at on their recruiting class as a whole um i think it all starts with jackson if uh obviously that he's strong with ou but if like we ever lost jackson i feel like this could turn into you know what top 10 top 20 or whatever and it could turn it into a a 40 or a 30 and that would be devastating you know obviously you have it's always the quarterback you get him early and that's that's always a, a good sign for a, a strong recruiting class but I feel like if we keep him around, I think everything else will fall into place. And then 
depending depending if we go the portal or depending if we you know pick up some some guys late i think it's it's going to be a, a class we're going to really be proud of i vasic's a a weird deal like i don't think he should ever been on the table for ou anyway you're a kid from austin and you commit to ou like it just it just seems like the bad blood that they had between ut and his family really showed a boiling point and then they worked it back obviously OU season and then the comments that he made post uh OU Texas was just kind of odd like dude you should have been a horn the entire time like why did you why did you make it weird staying with OU right so that that's my only thing about that but like if we if we can secure guys like Peyton Bowen uh if we can get uh Renaud I'm pretty sure Renaud's still in the fold and then uh get a couple more surprise guys it could be really one of those like you know really puff our chest out and be like this is a good one well what do you think about uh possibly still getting dj hitch because i know he's gonna be at bedlam on saturday i mean you think he's still on the table or do you think he's a&m all the way i think he's on the table if we win like if, if he comes up again and, and it's not good you know and he can't really see you know what the future is or and i and you hate to, to even think what a&m's doing to keep those kids there like <laughs> you know obviously we're not we're not trying to be about that because NCAA is watching like they're, they're trying to, they're, you always had the back of their head. Like they're going to play a final card before it becomes the college football league, you know, which is feels like inevitable, but like I would hate for Brent to even think that we had to do that to get a kid, you know, cause obviously too, we could get him in later, like as of like two or two, two years into the, into college, you know, he transfers to OU cause he really did like us. But I've, I'm I, Parker says thirty percent. I'm probably fifty. If we win, it could be a final a final day or the day before signing day he commits. But dude, I don't know, man. But that's just he's too big of a player. Like yeah. he's, he's got to one fall in love with the coach, fall in love with the school, and then the scheme. Like well, basically, from what I've seen, it sounds like. Like he liked OU more. It's just when you throw four million dollars at a player, it's like oh, you you think it was four? Okay. Oh, I think it's four. Yeah, okay. I mean, it could be more. Yeah. With A and M, yeah, it could be around five, six. You never know. But it sounded like when like during the recruiting process, it sounded like he really liked OU. His family liked us. It's just when they throw money at you like that, it's kind of hard to say no. Yeah, and there's also like Overton. Overton played at OU. His dad did, and then. Lo and behold, his him and his brother played at, at Texas A&M. So, yeah, it's like just, that was a twenty-two class. Yeah, mm. you, well, we're seeing how it works out for an A&M right now. So, yeah. I'm I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of transfer portal going on over there. Completely, yeah. I I, I think it, unless they unless they get like an offensive coordinator and make Jimbo a uh, more of a just a figurehead like they did at LSU with. Uh, Ordron, like he's he's not like he's still running a 1990s offense like it's just not yeah. working yeah yeah um so a little we'll we'll move it back to osu so osu's head coach mike gundy came out and said um that if he was to stay committed at ou he may be the head football coach at the university of oklahoma right now what are your thoughts on that? Um, it would I feel like that is a dystopian future with Mike Gundy as the head coach of OU. Just feels well, weird to say. Well, first off, like like when he had to take PEDs to get bigger, like the dude was not not a 
I don't think he's he's outplaying you know Jamel Holloway, uh, the other dudes that are that were in the fold that OU had. You know, I think that he would probably be a preferred walk on if that was a thing. I'm not 100, percent but if he probably had to walk on. Saying you're committed is kind of like saying like that one guy out of Oregon. Pretty sure he's from Oregon, but he said had Oregon and Cal in front of him, and it was completely fake. Like, oh, the fake he, recruiting class, or yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Okay, so Cal playing for us, obviously, we were under investigation. I don't think we'd ever, you know, he want um, Gibbs wanted to throw the ball, but like one, he had to beat all those guys out. Two, be well respected, which he was not, even at OSU, and being that whatever he wanted to pull at at uh, OU probably wouldn't fly. And then, like, a lot of people, like, in my mentions today, because I was talking back and forth with uh, uh, Oklahoma State problems, like, yeah, sure, he would probably have four to five stars, but that's not even, like, with his mindset and how he vibes with players and stuff, maybe that's just at OSU, maybe he'd do different at OU, but, like, he really doesn't like a player first team. And I'm not saying that we should have player first teams or, or coach first teams, whatever. I'm just saying, like, what – OU would bring to the table four to five star, you would have to be a different coach than what he's projecting at OSU right now. And then like being uh, conservative in fourth quarters or whatever, like maybe that'd be different if he had better players, but you know, nobody knows, but the whole losing five games a season, what he does at, at OSU would not fly at OU. So maybe he probably wouldn't be a coach now. Maybe maybe during the the rough years. Yeah, I think he in his press conference he actually mentioned the whole Jamel Holloway thing, and that's kind of why he decommitted. He was like, "I don't see myself, you know, I'm a thrower." And basically, they just won the national championship as a triple option team. So, like, why would I be the quarterback there? So that was kind of what pushed him to Oklahoma State in the first place. Um, but I, it is crazy to think about. And also, the other thing that comes into that conversation in the '80s is is Troy Aikman. Um, Troy Aikman yeah, was yeah, committed was to, to Oklahoma State, and he was committed to Oklahoma State and kind of ended up opening a door for Mike Gundy to be the starter by decommitting and going to Oklahoma and then eventually UCLA. I mean, it's just a crazy story. And then, you know, uh, Oklahoma's winning national championships with Brian Bosworth and Oklahoma State had Barry Sanders in the 80s, too. So it's just a lot of great, great football players back then. And a lot of them came from the state of Oklahoma, which is, is pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, definitely a fun, fun game to play. Um, what could have happened there? Uh, but wanted to get your take um, on the first couple episodes real quick. Um, Two-hour special on Yellowstone. Seemed like you're pretty locked into that. I know we are as a podcast. So what do you think so far of of, of the Dutton family? Okay, for so you're talking about like all four seasons or just this past two just, episodes? Yeah, just the past two episodes that came out. What, okay. what, what, what stood out? So first off, just being an uh, editor, you know, like the the way that they showed the old the, the flashbacks was really cool. You know, I'm not sure they did the same actors from previous flashbacks with uh, with Beth um, and uh, Rip, but uh, I thought that was portrayed really well. And obviously, it was a dream for her. And then the the one where they portrayed the uh, the old cowboy that had to fight Walker in season three. I can't yeah. think of his name. Mm-hmm. That like the way that they did that flashback was really cool, and like they, it's either CGI or they got a guy that looks just like. Him. <laughs> that's probably what it is it's the cgi honestly yeah so that was really cool and then like obviously monica losing the baby is super tragic you know like i didn't want that for casey because obviously they've had a lot of turmoil throughout the this, this seasons or whatever with with one 
cheat not cheating but like just eyes for another person like the the ptsd from the the attack and then just really fighting like who when they're gonna live on the ranch so having them lose a child was just devastating but as a storyteller you're gonna tell me that she's now gonna have raise a kid and be a mother for this baby i i think you kind of lose monica in this season if she had to do that because she would literally just had the kid so like if they're if they're gonna have like any roles for her throughout the season, she would she would uh, like having a kid would be difficult difficult to sh- to show her right right fair um so I I kind of get it you know like as a storyteller we kind of like, did the whole like child stealing thing already with Casey yeah yeah so yeah I get that uh yeah with uh not Casey uh the Tate. kid's name or yeah 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 Tate yeah Tate um. It's getting a little hairy with with John being, you know, the governor and how he's going to do it, but also too like the promises and you're really, you know, questioning like how the the Indians and then also too the the New York firm's going to, you know, all play a part, you know, because the three headed story that they have, and dude, I'm I'm loving how they're going to mess with Jamie with the the new uh, dark haired female that they brought in. So yeah, that's going to oh, be yeah. kind of fun. Oh, she yeah, she's scary. Yeah. yeah, she's going to cause However, problems. But also I'm, too like I, she's. Like she's the spy versus spy in Beth and Beth and her, you know. Right. Yeah. So I am a little nervous that I feel like this season is gonna be very political. And there's not gonna be just, you know, the normal amount of like, you know, I wanna be a cowboy for an hour and watch it <laughs> and feel like I'm yeah. from Wyoming. Like <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't I don't I think d- you're gonna get to see uh What's his name? Jimmy, you know, get a horse, oh. get a horse, you know. Well, they're doing a spinoff <laughs> on that show, I think. We got the sixes, yeah. but I, I just, you know what? I, I miss Jimmy, man. That's that's the I didn't even the... notice that. Did we see was Jimmy not in either of the episodes? Mm-mm. Huh. I didn't realize that. Dang. That sucks. Yeah, Jimmy's gone, man. Well, Hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he comes back. Um, we just got one more question for you. Um it's like it's a question we like to ask uh, every guy we interview on the pod. So, uh, who is the most famous person you got in your phone? Most famous person I got in my phone, golly. Well, obviously Travis. Travis is up there. Um, but obviously, some people, you know, I I see the hate. Uh, <laughs> gosh, in my phone. Let me check. I will I say the uh, yellow. Oh, sorry. No, you go no. ahead. I was going to bring up Yellowstone again. No, go please go ahead. I'm 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 looking for for just names in my phone that I think that. Are... <laughs> um, <laughs> I, Jake, Drew, and I keep saying it. Um, what is the weird sexual tension between Jamie and Beth? I'm telling you, they're brother and sister. But I swear, and they. I don't feel like that's. I feel like they want to murder each other. I don't, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. They, they want to murder each other, and all of a sudden, they just she just says something. I'm like, wow. I don't know. And you know how Beth like, is, man. And you know how Beth is. You I just feel like never she, has, she has like sexual tension with everyone, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she does. Yeah. Every every episode, she's got to fucking smoke some, you know, tourist or whatever that's coming in here. To yeah. Golf. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> yeah, that guy. The guy that was like, uh, he sat down at the bar, and she just started immediately. Why does she have to roast him? Like, like why can't why can't somebody just sit down and be a, a you know a bystander? Evil. I think that's that's her addiction, though. That's what yeah. I feel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She goes to the bar not to drink, just to shit on other people. 
Yeah. Um, probably Travis. I, I honestly I don't have a lot of people on my phone. Probably DM wise, like, you know, there's some heavy, heavy hitters for OU. Yeah. Like that I that I follow and follow back and talk with. So that's probably because obviously too, I'm not a texting guy. Like now, <laughs> obviously Twitter has kind of tra- changed that for me. And Tattoo Baker is the only only Twitter account I have. Obviously, I have the burner account. Uh, burner accounts for like videos and stuff that if obviously you don't want to lose your account if you have a yeah, video right so you post it on the burner just like barstool and all of them do um but, but i have a few boosters i talk to travis obviously and i have a few you know like just like you guys do you have like the the, the four horsemen you know that you guys talk to every day so uh but no like me me indy uh travis and my buddy uh, conway uh, we all have like a, a twitter uh group chat so but not really like super super famous like you know nothing like crazy so oh no that's that's definitely an acceptable answer um yeah but we we appreciate you coming on man uh tattoo baker everybody go ahead and give him a follow on twitter if you're already not i assume a lot of our listeners already are so um they're pumped about uh, a bedlam this weekend go ahead give us a score prediction we'll get you out of here dude uh I've been saying like 45 10 for a long time for like this game <laughs> and it turns into like really close or like we lose the game and I'm like, Oh, I gotta get away from that. But like being, if Spencer plays the entire time, probably let's do 35. Gosh, 35, 34. And we had to drive down and score. So, or we get to drive down and score. So there you go. Bedlam's always close. So it would not shock. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you guys have a great day. Yeah. You too, man. We appreciate you, you coming on.